Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns, called archetypes, by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Hello and welcome to our penultimate edition of this adventure through the psychology and the real-life hero's journey that we see in this ancient mythology of the tarot. I'm Julianne Javot, and with me, as ever, is Sindera Quackenbush. And our subject today is the card number 20, the Judgment Card. And it's all about rebirth, redemption, revelation, and awakening to our true calling. Oh, oh. Yeah. this is like the sound of this card. And just in case you missed it, Julianne just used the word penultimate. penultimate. <laughs> Which means, Sandera just had to ask. I'm so impressed. I, I just wanted to use that word. And, and t t tell everybody what it means. Second to last. Second to last. So... We Second also specialize sometimes in vocabulary, so yeah. if you're uh, wanting a fancy word to use for second to the last, penultimate. Penultimate. We got it for you. But really, what it is, is I'm, I'm a little bit sad. We're almost done with this whole little adventure here. Oh, I know. One more to go. Oh, yes. Mm. But you haven't seen yet. the last of us yet. No. We've, we've got some stuff up our sleeve to take... Uh, this material and what we've been doing. Um, and you will see more probably, I'm guessing in 2014, as we spend some time redeveloping and taking this work into different forms and formats. So along with that, um, if any of this has been of interest to you and you want to stay in touch and find out what we're doing next, uh, just or suggestions of what you want us to do next. Absolutely. We're open to everything. Um, stay tuned at the very end of this podcast. I'll come back in with a um, email address and a very uh, simple website that you can type into your browser and elect to stay in touch with us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's a lot like this card we're looking at today because mm -hmm. in this card we have people rising up out of coffins uh, so, you know, when we end this podcast, doesn't mean we're dying. We're just... There's, there's a new iteration. <laughs> we're ending this phase of the journey and rising up from a coffin somewhere else. <laughs> sure. Hopefully not literally. As a metaphor. As a metaphor. It's symbolic. <laughs> we're, we're masters of metaphor here. Yeah, well... Speak. In a foolish way. The most <laughs> foolish way possible. Obviously. Of metaphor. Obviously. <laughs> so speaking of symbolic and metaphorical, we have we have some really interesting stuff to take a look at here. So, uh, and as ever, we will be looking at the Rider Waits uh, depiction of the Judgment card, number 20, as well as the Marseille deck. And just to say it again, the Marseille deck is probably the images here from um, they're the earliest, you know, like the original images from the, the tarot. So. Yes, from the European tarot. And so, but but we're going to actually deepen more into the Rider Waite because there's just more going on in this card in the later manifestation of it. The later evolved manifestation of it, mm. which oh, is a little foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about. But yeah, let's, let's take a look at this very interesting imagery. But as always, uh, in these podcasts, I encourage you pause right now and take a look at the card yourself and you know 
what do you see? What do you, how do you, how are you impacted by this card? What do you notice? What sticks out to you? Um, it's always a great way to approach the tarot before you go looking meanings or interpretations up in books. Have a, have a direct experience yourself. So do that now. And now that you've returned, <laughs> uh, we're with the judgment card number 20. And we have uh, a bunch of naked people rising up out of coffins. We've got a man, a woman, a child, and, and looks like another man, woman, and child in the background. Uh, rising up from, is this the ocean? It looks at like the ocean in the background, but they also, it looks like, like they're floating. There's yeah. also land with trees mm -hmm. in the back, um, mountainous looking clouds, but uh, arising or coming out of the clouds, really taking up half of the card in the Rider Waite version, is this uh, astounding angel coming out with his long trumpet and he's just, and there's very visible sound coming out of the trumpet and coming down to the people and there's this little flag attached to the trumpet that has a, is there a special name for that cross? It's just a very well-balanced cross. Equal, equal level um, cross. Right. So it's not like There is like a name a, for it, but I don't remember it right now. So. Yes, there is equal a name for it. cross. An equal, I like that. It feels so huggable. An equal armed cross. Yeah. Anyway, and so this is what we've got in this card, and it it just feels like their arms are coming out. I, I'm getting the image, actually, of a flower, of something blooming here. Kind of uh, similar to what we saw in the sun card last time, the sunflowers, as they uh -oh, you know, they yes. follow the sun, the sunflower, literally like little satellite dishes following the, the sun, so... There is uplifting. It's a very uplifting, even though the images I think of the 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 people kind of rising up out of these crypts or of these boxes or, or graves. Uh, they're gray too, as they're they're pictured mm. in this card. But they're jubilant. They're excited. They're raising yeah. their arms. And they look um, healthy and robust. And yeah, they're not like zombie apocalypse apocalypse people. No. But they're 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 rising up so uh, healthy looking. Uh, and inspired. Um, and, and it's always uh, a nice thing to note in each stage of the journey um, with the imagery of the tarot to ask what's different in this stage? What's different in this card? And what's different in this that we haven't seen throughout the entire journey is that the people, the human beings, are facing the divine figure. They're, they can see it. Uh, every time before this we've either seen like a big godlike deity on their own, or we see a godlike, uh, like in the lover's card, the divine figure is, sh you know, shooting an arrow towards the lovers, um, unbeknownst to them, or things were happening in the unconscious, affecting the our human hero fool of the of the journey. But here they're facing the divine directly, uh, and so this is this is huge and actually a very fortuitous card for for the tarot. It is. Some very powerful images, as you were alluding to. You know, an angel, a trumpet being called. There's there's everything about this is about a calling. So you've got, you know, a flag, which is oftentimes seen as, you know, you stake your claim on a new territory, you put your flag in it. The flag is about an announcement, a proclamation, you know, and it's on the trumpet. So there's a lot about being called here. Um, and the, the arms upstretched, you know, embracing a new direction. The angel has always mm -hmm. been... Um, we've seen the angel before, and we talked about the angel archetype in the temperance card. 
um, and, and how that's, you know, also a um, messenger bringing, you know, that the angel is not connected to the earth, but it is a messenger. It brings um, sort of a higher level of consciousness. It's, it's calling to us. And that, you know, that the flag, as you were saying, I mean, this, the equal armed cross on it is balance. It's, it's also seen as a representation of sort of the spirit in the earth coming together and then, you know, masculine and feminine agency and community. Um, it is, it is balance. And then the four sections too. I mean, there's, there's just a really powerful image there of the four directions, the four elements, um, a meeting place where things are coming together. So to, to kind of go back into where we have been coming from on this journey, we, we were just with a child in the garden. You know, we've turned the corner, we were on Sesame Street, and now we come upon this really amazing scene. It's uplifting. It's a little bit, you know, odd. And I think personally, having come from that child, the garden that we were in previously, um, which also was about an announcement. I mean, in the right or way, you've got the the child with the, you know, the banner. Oh, yeah, that you we're, a flag too. Yeah, we're, we're mm-hmm. coming along. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, very encouraging. There's a lot here about what we traditionally see as redemption. And, re- and we've been talking about this journey as a rebirth and this process, revelation. So there's a lot to talk about in this particular, oh, yes. yeah, particular we're card. Very excited about this card. And, and the coming from the last one as well, we have the nakedness theme is still there, that there's this openness. But the, before we had, we had talked about being vulnerable in a safe place within mm-hmm. the, in a walled boundary. And, and this, I mean, the doors are open. It's just openness in the community and being able to be vulnerable in your community. And it's, it, it seems like, wow, we, we've really come so far. <laughs> and there's a real, I think coming from the child too, there's an honesty that, mm-hmm. that you know, the child is without guile. Right. It was vulnerable yet protected and mm-hmm. without without guile and getting to this this next place where things are being uplifted. Um, and I personally see these these um, the these characters, the images of these people coming up out of these graves is really us seeing all of our stories, you know, thus far. These are the stories that we have held. These are the paradigms that we've had so far. Um, the parts of ourselves that, mm. you know, you can retell the story this way and try to continue on with your life. But what this card is doing is it's calling us to give up all those old stories or to be able to look at them in the light of day and not see them the same way we did previously, to not retell that exact same story. Um, like the child here is right in the middle. It's like we all, you know, and honestly, everyone's had a screwed up childhood one way or another you know, and by, by varying degrees, but there's always a story of my life now is subject to what happened to me as a child. And this, I think it being right in the middle and having directly come from the child archetype and that the sun card were asked to give up part of that story or see it in a new light to not just chase redemption, which is, I think a lot of what this card People classically see this card as something to do with the redemption story. Yeah, so the child has really been our guide coming here from the last stage. And um, and we're going to talk about redemption. We're going to talk about calling in this podcast. But before we get there, let's also visit... Well, actually, it's going to lead into our discussion about calling, which is that we also had the past stage of the star. Mm. Um, and we're, maybe it was somewhat unconscious still because it was in the water's... 
uh, after a pretty troublesome card, right? Was it after the falling tower, the mm -hmm. star, right? And so uh, maybe it was somewhat unconscious, but we were getting a glimpse of what our calling was mm -hmm. in the star. Our star is in sight at that point. And here, this is like, I'm facing it and I'm hearing it and I'm listening uh, to the calling. Uh, so once again, this is definitely a, a big step from where we've been on the journey. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about those callings, about those stories. And then what is this trumpet? What is this calling? What is it calling up? And and if they're at all important in our lives, and if they're these driving things, they're usually going to be stuff that we don't want to look at. And that can be amazing things that we've done, and that can be things that we really feel like we need to to redeem. Um, and redemption is such, and I was touching on that before, but this, this idea can be such a driving force for us. And I think it, it, it is unconsciously the sense that we really feel that we need to be redeemed. And this is, you know, to me, there's this, there's the paradigm of the redemption, which is so strong, I think, in our cultures and in our religious traditions of redemption. Um, and I've talked about it before, this idea of evolution. Um, and how evolution takes into account everything. And redemption is you need to be redeemed. You need to basically do everything you can to redeem yourself for this mistake, the sin that you've committed or whatever it is. And that story just ends there. It is, you've got to redeem yourself. Evolution takes everything into account and sees it as a part of a greater whole and how you know, your, the, the untoward effects that you might have had on someone or something or a situation that you might think you need to redeem yourself over, and that might still be true, but the evolution sees the whole sort of ecosystem of what happened around that particular event or that thing that you're thinking about. So to me, I see this, the judgment card is, is bringing, calling us not just to, just to redemption, but to that bigger story of that evolution um, and how everything is intertwined. It's not just us and what we did and how it happened to other people or what other people have done to us, um, that redemption story is typically very small. You know, it's this leads to this leads to this, and then that's it. It's mm -hmm. never really like that, though. And as mm -hmm. I think we'll, we'll talk more about that when we bring in the movies, the, what we've seen on the, the big screen about it, but that looking at the, the whole evolution, what are we called to? What is, what is that next level that we're being called to with each of these stories, as I see represented by these these people these images of these naked people in this card being pulled up um, and to get rid of or to see those stories as being older stories and now there's newer ones that we're going to be working with hopefully i think if we we work with this in the the right way yeah and that's a great way to distinguish this card from the justice card which is uh and, and people sometimes confuse these two but mm. they're so massively different mm -hmm. <laughs> so the justice card being more of that society's structure and need for you know re redemption to be you know carried out uh on a on a legal basis um but here uh, there is a a calling and an opening to that larger evolution what is the the grander picture and and being called beyond the the mundane or the e egoic you know, all mm -hmm. of those, you know, That's life, right. life is what happens when you're making other plans. Right. Exactly. Sort of those, those goals and things that you're, you know, you're, 
you know, 25 year old self or your 15 year old self or whatever, those ideas of looking at all of those stories and not just seeing them as, well, this was a great success or that was a great failure to be able to look at them, you know, straight in the face with some equanimity and to be able to, if, even if you can't right now, um, see them as a part of the greater evolution, make space for being able to understand that it's not just about, I, I don't think anyway, about redeeming yourself, but about a, a greater path, mm -hmm. the larger story that, that you're part of. You know, what's interesting, and now that I'm seeing this card and thinking about it, I'm, I'm curious about the maybe some parts that haven't arisen <laughs> that are in the coffins, that, that maybe there are some things that need to be left, you know, completely um, that we're able to die throughout this process. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it is that attachment to the ego or, you know, to some perspectives that weren't serving your path in that way. And that's exactly it. I think that the idea of, of seeing things as redemption versus evolution, evolution includes that necessity of that egoic driven life and knows that we, we don't get, I don't think anyway, get rid of the ego, but we, we can recognize it as a part of the ecosystem, but mm -hmm. it tends to be the one thing that gets supported by culture and the one thing that we will lead with that, you know, how, what do you think about me? It's the, it's the me centered. Um, the ego is also called the self contraction, meaning you contract everything towards that part of the self. And this idea of evolution speaks to, you know, including that. You know, it's the transcend and include model versus the, I've got to get rid of this and put it away. But, you know, the, the evolution can see it as, I'm not getting rid of it. I am leaving it where it is and not letting it lead me right. through this next, these next steps, this, what's happening Well, to the me. very word evolution makes me think about, you know, animals and their evolution over time and the, and the ones that naturally are selected and the ones that don't carry their genes on for whatever reason, you know, um, whether it's by accident or by design, you know, they just can't survive anymore in the environment with something they're giving and they, they're, they're not needed to proceed forward. And so there's some things left down. And there in, in the science, I mean, I, I don't mean evolution in terms of the literal oh, I know, but, scientific, but, uh, right? But, but with that, there yeah. are things that happen in quote unquote, the idea of evolution that that aren't explainable, that aren't related to anything that people can put forward to say, well, this was better, therefore it involved. No, there's some weird stuff that happens in nature. That totally. Just like head scratching. We're not sure why that developed this way. But but again, I think that's that symbolically speaks to what we're doing. We don't always know these things that develop. We can't always see the pieces that are going on right now as as a part of the greater whole. Sometimes we get a glimpse of it, and I think this is calling us to look at that. This is... A, a card or a stage of calling of being able to be open to that larger perspective and that we won't always know we won't always get that bigger picture we will I think go back and forth between the small world of the ego to that larger sort of bigger perspective um, at times at times in our life yeah and and processes like working with the tarot in a, in a special way or uh, looking into your archetypes. This is a way to, to step back from your personal stories, to see them all there, uh, and to to get some more glimpses of that larger story. Yeah, Because we can't always know the whole thing or see the whole thing. Uh, and I'm thinking here of uh, 
actually, if you Google Craig Chalquist and his Earthrise presentation, which is available free online, I believe, that, that is a new symbol of our time is beginning to step back and, and how can we see the whole? Is that possible um, as we travel out into space and look back at the Earth? How does that ch begin to shift our perspective of living on this Earth? These are big. These are big. Topics. Really, really big. And I think, <laughs> well, most people see. I mean, the judgment, right? That the, we will look, we will think pretty quickly of the the, the biblical context right. of Judgment Day. I mean, that is just a really, really strong um, archetypal story of being judged, and that this idea in the Bible, if you're not familiar with it, is that all souls at a certain point will be measured or marked according to their virtue or their obedience to, to you know, God or what have you, and that there's that, that idea of judgment, and that there will be a judgment day, yeah. and we will be judged. And every time we live with this feeling, right, like that we feel like something's coming, <laughs> and, 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 you know, Shit's going to go down. Okay, you'll have to make this an adult advisory <laughs> podcast now. But I also, that Christian uh, attitude was also adopted during 2012. I remember like, I remember people saying, well, the people that are not living in accord with uh, the earth are, they're going to, their structures are going to fall, <laughs> you know. And then it will happen all at once. Which, right. It's like this, yeah. it was a very judgment day uh, attitude that came across uh, in some uh, groups and communities uh, during 2012, you know. Yeah. Redemption and that idea of redemption is so deeply woven into into our lives, whether we're, we're looking at it consciously or unconsciously. I mean, it really, really comes up uh, it comes up in film, it comes up in art. I don't think any person out there does not have a really strong redemption story or two. You know, be it a long-lived lifetime theme or be it a short-term one and all the different emotions that are tied up with, with redemption. It's such a strong theme and a driving force for, for many of us. Um, I don't think anyone is sort of outside of this this story of redemption, seen this way of, I did something bad. I need to make up for it. You know, we're, this is, I think this, this stage of the journey is giving us some space. It's calling us to kind of look at what are these redemption stories that are, that are basically driving me for better or for worse. And, and to me that, that larger level level in the way I talk about it is seeing the redemption story for what it is. And then seeing maybe and giving, making space for it to be something a little bit larger. And we might not know that whole story yet. Mm -hmm. And that's a really complex thing to hold is this idea that maybe this thing that I have I've been seeing as this redemption story is just a smaller part of a greater story. And that maybe it isn't simply about redeeming. Um, although I think it is necessary. I'm not saying, oh, redemption bad. <laughs> I'm saying that that is probably part of a, a larger story. And that as we are all getting, you know, we get connected more and more through technology. Um, I think we're, even though there's more communication, we might be able to see the ramifications of what our actions are doing a little bit, a little bit more, or at least a little bit faster. And that there's just a bigger space that we can, we can put this redemption story in. I think I have it, Julianne. You do? Redemption needs to be redeemed. <laughs> Are we trying to redeem redemption? <laughs> We're redeeming redemption oh, <laughs> here in our, what is it? Pre, 
penultimate penultimate podcast so maybe it's a great time to to begin offering some illustrations of these themes with uh with the these media and uh and film we hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the archetypal tarot team by becoming a patron it's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining so just visit tiny dot cc slash tarot for more information and now back to our program absolutely and i think well we just i just touched on the biblical context of of redemption and that and that idea uh, there's something that comes from plato and we're we're talking about paradigms right a paradigm shift potentially here um and the, a new paradigm a new story um the uh, plato's republic Towards the end, in one of the last books, if not the last book, there is the myth of Er, and that's E-R. It's essentially, uh, you know, when people die in the story, they, they, go to, they go to this land where they're going to pick their new story. They're going to pick their new life. They're basically going in for reincarnation, essentially. And, um, you know, people go through this sort of sense of judgment, and people are sent one direction on the mountain or the other direction. And, and you're in this, this mystical land of choosing a new story. And um, the, as the story goes, Odysseus, who is Ulysses, you know, the great warrior through that, uh, the hero's journey, um, he, uh, he chooses a life where next to nothing happens. <laughs> and that, that idea of um, that, the re-choosing, you know, you're going to choose based on what, what has happened before and what do you need to learn. And um, each soul then chooses something based on what had just happened to, to create this greater story. And then they come back, come back into life. Um, it's something that James Hillman talks about in Souls, the Souls Code, which can also, I think, give some mm. um, some kind of context as well if people are interested in that that idea of that the that larger story. Uh, so I haven't seen it yet, but uh, Julianne has been raving about. <laughs> Uh, this film, Cloud Atlas, and you know, I I missed the boat. I didn't I didn't see it in the theater, and I you know it's not out on Netflix yet. So, <laughs> um, but she is so excited to to, to apply she, these themes of uh, so uh, enlighten me, enlighten, enlighten me. us. We'll have to watch it together because I got it through Amazon. Oh, so. we're gonna have a movie watching date. Night. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, well, to put some, I think, some more sort of visual story context around this idea of redemption and and a lot more to um, the film Cloud Atlas, uh, as well as the book um, written by David Mitchell. But the Cloud Atlas came out last year or earlier this year. Ugh, late last year. It is, it's, it's a three-hour film, but it's one of my favorite films because it does such a good job of... Um, storytelling over six different stories all woven together. So if we can see our lives as a set of iterations of stories with a lot of the same themes moving through it and how really everything is connected. Um, and this and it comes from my own, you know, philosophy and my own sort of path of looking at this film um, and how everything is leading into one story, you know, and it really, I think, captures this idea of, how our own individual ideas of redemption lead into like a, a possible larger evolution and how things sort of bump up against each other in this really amazing uh, way. And it's really hard to take a, a three hour film. It's about six different stories and encapsulated into, you know, 
10 seconds of me talking on a podcast, but essentially it's the story of is at least six souls, their journey over, I think, 500 to 1,000 years, starting, I think, from the 1860s and going um, to, what, 2,500 or, you know, beyond that. Um, And I suggest if you're interested in watching it at all, you can watch it with an eye of these stories or just sit and enjoy it because I think the storytellers and the filmmakers do such a good job that you can set your logical mind aside for a little bit and just kind of be with each of these stories. And um, I recommend the book highly as well. They, they actually interweave things a little bit more in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will see there's sort of these, these ideas of how we are not just our individual selves. We are, you know, bound to each other. And um, I'll just read a quote from one of the one of the characters. Her name is Sonmi451, um, and it, it goes, Our lives are not our own. From womb to tomb, we are bound to others, past and present. And by each crime and every kindness, we birth our future. Hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with, I think, the, the big meaning of this card of, of judgment, of, of our connectivity to one another. And maybe the the thing that we did in the past that we feel like we need to redeem and we feel so bad about was an integral part of somebody else's growth. You know, that doesn't mean we don't have to feel, you know, we don't have some sort of um, relationship to the redemption story, but we can make that story bigger and not condemn ourselves continually because we don't actually know how all of that, you know, what that kicked off for other people. Uh, And we know that we, we make mistakes. We do mm-hmm. things that we didn't want to do or, you know, we are, we have our own, um, we're human. We have frailties. Yeah. Um, Which is so, such a great thing about this judgment card is that it comes after in the, in the sequence of this journey, it comes after so many challenging cards that, that we've, you know, the falling towers and the devils and the hanged mans and through all of our, and, and our thinking we're kingly chariot card, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, all of these stages, we, we come to this place of judgment so we can live our human lives mm. and and be the, the change we want to see in the world. And now, today, in the present, when we are, quote unquote, awakened to a new way. Um, and that's and, and this isn't final, right? There, mm. There's a final feeling in the te- context of the journey, but it's like we're constantly cycling through this, right? It seems like a beginning to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's, beginning. It's but a beginning. We may return to this place, right? It's oh, like... we will. And that's the thing, too, is we've, you know, we've gone on this path from, you know, zero through 20 now. And and it's it's kind of fun. You know, it's easier to see things in that sort of one thing happens after another. When in, you know, in our lives and in reality, we will have these moments of, of kind of being called to this, you know, it's called judgment, but I think it's really more of like an awakening. It's like awake, you know, that, that, uh, the symbol of the horn is waking us up, you know, like wake yeah, up. That's right. And, and, you know, we, we talked somewhat before this podcast about how we wanted to broach the, the you know, the language around a calling, because, you know, you get mm-hmm. hit over the head with that in, in various new age career, not a whatever day, circles. Not a day goes by that I don't get an <laughs> offer to find my calling. Find through. your calling here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so we don't want to uh, whack you over the head with that again. Uh, but it, I think it's worth, you know, exploring a little bit about I think we can unpack topic. it. Yeah, we can, un- we unpack, can unpack it a little it bit. A little bit. Because I think the, the terms calling and finding your true calling sell 
um, because most of us are, 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 are a lot of people I think listening to this podcast and certainly us, uh, that is something that's important to us to, there's a sense of finding something very specific that we can call our calling. You know, it's a job, it's a vocation, it's a business, it's a relationship that there's this idea that it's just this one thing and that that's what it will, will be forever. And that's a great way to sell something to someone. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Just um, so you know. And, and this is why I also like the judgment card for having all these people uh, rising up out of their coffins in it. Because it, it, for me, it's also a symbol that that it isn't just one calling. Mm-hmm. Um, that there can, there can you're, you're, we're complex, creative, multifaceted beings. And there's many things we're called to in this lifetime. Um, some that we're aware of, some that we plan, some that we don't plan. And I'd like to recommend a book in light of this uh, by Thomas More, A Life at Work. So if you're interested in callings, there's a whole, you know, this whole book is about that and, and how does that manifest in your work in life. It's very practical, but it's also uh, very psychological. Uh, there's a lot of reference to Hillman in here, which is, you know, who... He's your guy. He's my guy because he... <laughs> is always referencing the many that there isn't just this one God that we're following in life, so to speak, metaphorically, uh, that, that there's many things that make up who we are. Um, but there can be, what can be interesting is to find what is a root that is under all of the things that you're interested in, in all of these possibilities. Um, and in this book by Thomas More, it's called a daemon. And the daemon is a primal creative urge. It doesn't inspire a single well-defined career. When you step back and look at the many things you have done, you may see the root inspiration and an essential direction. I have a client who uh, definitely has the, the archetype and the daemon of beauty. And, and she's just great at so many things. She's great at gardening. She's great at hairstyling. She's great at music. And so that Aphrodite, that beauty, uh, and also wisdom too, married to that is, is, are these roots to what she does. And so that can be a, a great exploration to do. Um, who are these people rising out of the coffins for you? Yeah. I mean, I certainly, from my point of view, looking at them as these archetypes, the character archetypes of, of getting a deeper understanding, you identify them and then see through them how, how they have created this the story so far and how each of them are going to, they're going to carry a redemption story. They're going to carry all kinds of stuff. So sometimes it is just a matter of like you've, you've, you've identified with them and then you can engage with them more consciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would recommend too, in terms of, and this will be in the show notes of the soul's code uh, by, mm-hmm. by James Hillman. And then another book, which I swear to you, Sandera, I I don't, I don't make notes in books very often. I'm not Hmm. one to underline or make notes in pencil or pen. But when I read this book, I I couldn't stop underlining and making little notes in the back. Wow. Because the way it was written in the quotes and what he talked about had just struck me so strongly and in such a way that I was like, yes, 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 yes. And it was like it was underlining stuff that I felt that I didn't realize I knew, but I knew and then new things. Um, and that's, that's a lot to say about one particular book, but I do feel pretty strongly about it. And it's a book called Callings by Greg Lavoie. 
I think it was written in 97, right around the time Souls Code was written, right around the time Sacred Contracts was written. Um, and it's, I mean, a subhead is, uh, it's callings, finding and following an authentic life. You know, you and I were talking about the whole, like, you can be sold, like, find your calling in a weekend, you know, retreat kind of thing. <laughs> um, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, the way he writes about it, and I think is so realistic and so, like, you know, you might read this book thinking, oh, I'll find my calling through it. It's, it's really bringing you to look at your life in the present moment. It's not mm. projecting it into, well, I'm going to find my calling once the kids are out of school or once I do this <laughs> or blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it's, it really kind of pulls it back from that into your calling is right now in yeah. this very moment. What, what is happening with you that you can take a look at and work with right now? That is a part of your calling. Um, and it, it pulls back that giant projection of like calling equals this fabulous job or this thing later on. It pulls us back into this hero's journey that we're on to yeah. see it. Because it's not something separate from you. It is not. It's not separate. <laughs> but we may be, you know, like the previous cards, be not a, totally aware of the divine that we that is part of us. Um, but I, I'm reminded of that quote that life isn't uh, about finding yourself, but it, it's about creating yourself. And that it's seeing what's in the moment and what, what are you just really excited and passionate and alive about today, right yeah. now? And, and what are the, what are those, those difficult relationships or those difficult situations that are happening for you right now? I think we often think I'll find my calling and I'll leave all that crap behind. Right. I think the point here is, yeah, the crap is part of it. The crap is the calling. <laughs> the crap... <laughs> Well, that and more, but it's, it's not exclusive. And I think, and I, I'm saying well, it's like this. the alchemy, right? It's like the, sh the, uh, Oh, I said it before, so I'm going to yeah, say it again. The, the shit of, uh, life can be the crap is the calling. So the, the alchemists would even experiment with the lowliest of substances, um, because they believe that they would lead to the gold. Uh, and I think that's a tremendous metaphor, uh, whether or not they ever literally did make gold from poo, poo, uh, th that th there is something in that, that it is the soil. It is, you know, it's all included. Yeah. It's all part of the, it's, it's all, all part, part of the of blooming it. flowers. And there. I, I think that's, that's where I'm coming from when I talk about, uh, when I use the word evolution, mm. um, that we need a reminder that it's all included, that 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 stuff that is driving us crazy and that we really spend a lot of time and energy in trying to get rid of, that it's a part of it. Um, and that, you know, I, I use, you know, these metaphors and things around it, but it's at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you can feel really screwed up and that's part of it too. You know, you can feel messed up and ill at ease and not right and in a wrong direction. And if we can bring acceptance to it and not just this resistance to it that that's that that's huge that self-acceptance that acceptance of this where we are and not not judging it in a way that like it's I'm judging it to be bad therefore it needs to go away but including it and accepting it um you know opens the door to that so much more that we think of when we think of callings and that big callings idea we can't get to those what we think of as the big callings without accepting um, what we're working with right now. Uh, on the topic of callings, I would love to 
recommend, though I believe it won an Academy Award, so you've probably already seen it. Um, though not Julianne, I'm getting her back. You see, see? you haven't seen Flat Atlas. We're, so. we're we're balancing each other out here in our well balanced, uh, equal armed cross card here, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is uh, Searching for Sugar Man. It's a documentary. And it's about Rodriguez, a musician that recorded an album or two uh, back in the 70s. Incredible lyrics, incredible music that really spoke to the time. But uh, as far as the, for whatever reasons, the culture in, a, in North America did not take off. And he, he thought he was a, a tremendous failure. Little did he know his record uh, just completely took off in South Africa and it was just really spoke to what they were going through and uh, the rebellions around apartheid at the time and, and he never knew about this he never knew about it was speaking to these people uh, so he just lived a very normal life as a construction yeah, he, worker yeah. in Detroit and and it wasn't until in his much much older years that he literally got the call a calling became aware of this um, and I think what's uh, relevant about this is that sometimes it it is the the society that needs to be redeemed or the the, the surrounding culture that needs to be redeemed or to have a calling because <laughs> he was doing exactly what he needed to do he he did his art and he he did this music and he put it out there and th that was all he could do uh, and you know record companies made money off of his millions of sales in South South Africa and he never knew about these sales or received any of this payment. Yeah. So these structures need to be redeemed. But also that when you receive the call, when you get the calling, can you meet that moment? It kind of reminds me of a Cinderella sort of situation where when Cinderella is given the beautiful dress and the shoes and is able to go to the ball, we often overlook that she actually needed to play the part. She needed to be one in herself and go like, yeah, this is what I am. I am a beautiful, enlightened being that can go and see people and be seen. Uh, and this is exactly what Rodriguez did, Rodriguez did after he learned this truth about his art, was that he was able to go and perform in front of thousands of people that he had never performed before in front of and totally meet the moment and knew that deep down that that was his calling but had humbly accepted his life and other challenges as well and just went right back to it after the after the show so uh it's an incredible story you should check out that gosh that. now i need to see it. <laughs> it's, it it will make you cry I heard it was it was an Academy Award winning. I think it won. I know best, it was it was up for Academy Award. I think it won Best Documentary. I think so. so. We know. I think so. So Double this. So to kind of wrap up here, there's I mean just getting a better I, I think a larger understanding of our own redemption stories, and uh, maybe recontextualizing those, uh, taking a look at them. Maybe it isn't just simply about redemption or seeing just how much energy we or it's kind of being sucked out of us because we feel that redemption is the end of the line or the only the only option um, and seeing it in a larger context um, there's 
there's such a long list of films where redemption is such a main theme, you know, everything from the Shawshank Redemption to Les Miserables, um, Gran Torino, uh, The Apostle, The Apostle, which is another great film that you and I were, were talking about. Robert Duvall. Check it out. Good story of personal re uh, redemption, but also right. maybe the larger picture yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And how it, it's, it's on, on many different levels and, and um, seeing things in a, in a larger space than just simply being driven by the shame and the guilt and the idea of, of, of redeeming or maybe redeeming a family or redeeming a story that's been, um, that's been around. So it's a, it's a good time to take a look at that. And as ever, there will be a whole uh, page on my website with more references, lists of movies, quotes, films, trailers, and stuff like that. So that's a, it should be a great reference for anybody who wants to learn more about this. And um, this is going to be almost our last show. No. What is it? Penultimate? Penultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate show. So one more left and maybe a little coda after that when uh, when Sundara gets back from Europe this summer. Um, so but please um, stay tuned. At the very end of this, you will get a link to stay in touch with us and an email address. And as ever, we are really grateful for your time and listening to us. And um, let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we invite you to help keep this podcast going by becoming a patron. It's super easy. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and the many cool rewards for joining. That's tiny.cc slash tarot. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to archetypist.com slash judgment. That's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-I-S-T dot com. And if you'd like to stay in touch with us, just visit archetypist.com slash tarot. And even if we only have one more show scheduled, please keep those podcast subscriptions active because we might have a surprise or two.